listening to the Taming Hinges podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health. We talk about anything and everything on the podcast. Real experiences, real life. Come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances podcast. As always, I'm your host. My name's Phil, and I'm also the creator of the podcast. And today I got my sweet Pure Bulk shirt on. Uh, quick shout out to Pure Bulk. Um, they're essentially almost like a sponsor of this podcast at this point. They don't really pay me for stuff, but uh, they're a great company and they provide supplements. Um, and I use all of them all the time. Head over to taminghindrances.com slash I think it's in the archive, or you can just head over to, uh, there's a link there, but you can head over to purebulk.com and use coupon code TAMINGHINDRESSES for 10% off and get yourself some sweet supplements. Um, highly recommend almost everything they have. If you have any curiosity, they have a ton of information on their website. But moving on to today's topic of discussion, uh, this episode actually might be a quick one comparative to most. My episodes have been getting pretty long, which I'm okay with, but... Um, this might just be a quick topic, to be honest. Today's topic is listening, or just the idea to listen. And I got that topic, uh, as I've been doing with most of my topics recently, I pulled some tarot cards, and listening is kind of what uh, what came to the forefront here. The cards that I pulled were uh, Judgment, and then the Tower, which are, these are big cards here, these are major arcana. And then the Page of Swords, and finally the Eight of Cups. I'll run through these really quick before we get into the topic and kind of how I came up with the idea that I'm using for today's topic. And it kind of came about... um, Judgment is the first card here. Judgment is not being judged by others. It's more of judging ourselves um, in the Fool's journey through the Major Arcana. Judgment is when the Fool kind of starts to pay attention to things outside of themselves, but also inside of themselves and how they correlate together. Um, And it's kind of a freeing moment, but more so in the sense that the fool can now see freedom even greater, a a bigger expansion of the ideas of things that that person should be doing, like their quote unquote call to action, uh, you know, what they should kind of be doing with their lives. And then with that, I also pulled the tower and the tower card is like a, like everything is about to fall apart, but for the right reasons kind of deal, things are going to collapse and you really should just stand back and let them and just see where all the pieces fall and then go and pick up the pieces and do whatever you're supposed to be doing with that. So the tower card usually means a very almost violent uh, reaction of sorts, almost um, like something, something big is about to happen. Something crazy is about to happen. Um, and it's going to be life-changing, but there is a future after that. There are things that are going to occur after that moment. Um, with that, we have the page of swords and the page of swords is all the, all the pages are kind of cocky bastards. Um, they're, they're young. They're, they're, they're a little bit, you know, just kind of out for themselves a little bit. They're uh, just not worldly yet in that sense. And the Page of Swords is definitely that. The Page of Swords is the type of individual who 
learn something very quickly and then can use that knowledge to their advantage and will do so just out of boredom. They will almost manipulate people with the information that they've gained or have not just willfully, but almost without even thinking about it. It's just because they're out for their own gain in that sense. Uh, but with that comes the idea of quickly assessing things and learning new knowledge and finding out new information and then using it sometimes for the wrong reasons to follow that up um, kind of on the backbone of the judgment card. We have the eight of cups and the eight of cups is this kind of inner inflection um, kind of listening to what the story is telling you kind of listening to what happens to be going on in the story, but specifically your own story. And it's, it's kind of a call to be brave, you know, that, that things have happened. Um, things have happened and everything seems fine, but it's not really like things are going fine, but you want to like make a giant leap of faith or you want to like take your life in a completely different direction. And everybody would be like, dude, you're being crazy. What are you thinking by doing that? But the reality is you kind of have hit an inflection point. You've hit a point in your life where you could keep doing what you're doing and you know, things won't change and that's probably not for the best. So all of these things together were really a combination of inflection points and major, you know, major transition moments in life, but also paying attention to what you do with that information, making a discerned decision. Um, and I just kept having this idea of screaming at me of listening and not the listening we typically think of more. So the listening that comes from being aware of, not only what the world is telling you, but what your, what your inner voice or what your inner self, those types of things are telling you. Um, it's, it's not always easy to listen to others and it's definitely not easy to listen to ourselves. Uh, that's kind of what these cards are telling me of like, these are the cards that would come up to me saying like, Hey man, you got to listen to what's going on with you. Like, Hey, Hey person, are you paying attention to what's happening around you? Are you paying attention to what you might be quote unquote called to be doing? Those are the things that these cards are screaming to me. So that, that's why listening came to mind. Now let's head over to Miriam Webster's dictionary and we'll look at, uh, we'll look at the de definition as per usual here. The definition for listening from Miriam Webster's is there's a couple. There's, you know, the easy one to pay attention to sound. That's great. But also there's to hear something with thoughtful attention to give it consideration, uh, to be alert, to catch an expected sound. So let's kind of take the combination from two or three there. It's to be alert, which is, you know, to be at attention, um, to something that may be coming your way. So it's to have thoughtful intention, to give consideration to something. Now with that, we have some synonyms that I thought were pretty interesting and that I'd like to go over here. And one of those specific synonyms uh, is one of my favorite words, 
to hearken uh, or to heed. Both of these are pretty good. Uh, I like I like old school English. Um, I like fantasy. What people nowadays consider like fantasy vernacular, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons, like hearken my call, heed my call, those types of things. Uh, so to hearken is to listen or to give respectful attention. So this attention thing keeps popping up here when it comes to listening and specifically when we get into the synonyms here. And to heed something is to to give consideration or attention to, to mind something. Mind To mind something um, is also a synonym here. But when we're looking at hearken and heed, I, I like looking at older English because it had a little bit more specification. It had a little bit more attentive use, if you will. It, you know, you would pick out specific words for specific reasons. And that's why we have these things known as synonyms. And they're kind of important when we talk about language. So with that in mind, when we talk about listening, hearken, to heed, to mind something, we're talking about being attentive. We're talking about having attention. And I've said before, one of the most important questions we can ask in self-awareness and mental health is to talk about what self-awareness is and to really break down awareness. Awareness is attention to intentions. And attention to intentions has to do with, in my personal opinion, two specific questions. What are your intentions towards yourself and what are your intentions for yourself. Now with that in mind, let's look at what listening would really mean. If we're being attentive, if we're having attention towards something we're listening for, we're preparing to receive some sort of informative message, right? We're going to hearken the call. We're going to heed the warning. Listening doesn't just have to deal with audible ideas. And I learned this in my practice of Twina, traditional Chinese medicine massage, but that came from my background in martial arts, which is where I started to learn Twina originally. And specifically learning that you can listen with all of your senses. That listening is a, a, an action of all the senses. It's, it's a principle of the senses. You can listen with hearing. You can listen with sight. You can listen with touch. You can listen with taste. You can listen to what things are telling you. In my practice as a massage therapist, specifically as a body worker, I always focus on therapy. That's my focus. As a body work is a, a focus on therapeutic change and therapeutic touch. It uses massage modalities, but it's always focused on the therapeutic side of change. In that, I do a lot of listening to people's bodies. It's probably my greatest skill. And with that is this idea known as palpation. Palpation is the, the art of palpate, to touch. But not just touch for the sake of touching. Touching and being able to separate, like, this is this muscle, this is this ligament, this is an adhesion, or what you would commonly refer to a knot. Listening to what the muscles are telling me. And I've taken that a step further in my practice of body work to listen to what the body's telling me. I have full-on conversations with other people's bodies, and sometimes my own, um, to to do a couple different things. One, to discern or to figure out what might be going on. What are the imbalances here? What are the, what are the, 
the injuries that occurred or what are the differentiations of muscle groups to figure out like is there an imbalance for as far as you know is this muscle group firing correctly we can look at muscle identities and those types of things when i work with bodybuilders uh you know individuals who are actually literally going on stage to show off the work the effort they've put in to their muscle groups we talk about muscle identity and we talk about this thing known as muscle sculpting and muscle sculpting uh shout out to Bo Hightower, uh, Dr. Bo Hightower, the you know crazy chiropractic guy who hammers people's uh, bones back into place. He's put out a video on YouTube. I highly recommend to go look at what uh, muscle sculpting does. Uh, Stacy Williams, I believe, is who he worked with. Um, an amazing IBFF um, pro. She's she's put in so much effort and work to get her body to do the things it does and the work the way it does. Uh, shout out to her just for straight effort. Um, so with those ideas, you, you know, in this body working situation where we're doing muscle sculpting, I'm listening to them tell me like, okay, I need this muscle to pop, quote unquote. That's what muscle sculpting does. We get muscles to pop. And again, shout out to Bo Hightower for doing a YouTube video on that and what's all entailed. It's crazy. I like doing it. Um, I'm trained and qualified to do it. Uh, so I have. Um, Shout out to Sammy Murfit on Instagram. Um, she was one of the first people to trust me to do that for her. And uh, she's an awesome trainer and also a great bodybuilder. So what I'm doing in those instances is I'm listening to my client tell me verbally. And then I'm also, you know, palpating the muscle groups to figure out, okay, this is the fascial line that we really got to kind of break up to get that muscle to pop, to get that muscle to engage correctly. And then not only that, I need to then have a conversation and help the client have their brain listen to their body, have them be able to make that muscle identity connection is super important to be able to do. Um, that has everything to do with using listening as not just hearing, not just listening to verbal or audible. It's to have attention. I'm attentive to what their body's telling me, what the muscles are telling me, what the ligaments and tendons, what the fascial system's telling me, what their nervous system is telling me. If muscles start to twitch or, you know, start to fire incorrectly, listening on the, you know, personal connection of having a conversation with the client. And then there's also my listening to my intuitive side of just being like, mm, you know what? I think this technique's the, or not even thinking, just allowing my body to be like, yeah, no, this is the right technique to use here. This is the right channel we should be working on as far as the fascial lines are considered. And a lot of people do this, you know, we consider when we talk about mindless actions, people, you know, kind of, you know, that when you're on the highway and you just all of a sudden you're like 10 miles into your trip and you're like, oh, where'd the last 10 miles go? maybe you zoned out a little bit you're still being attentive to traffic and you're driving correctly but it was just a subconscious thing you're just driving like it's just an, it's an action we've all done so much that sometimes that occurs we can have this in our jobs you know in, in doing the mindless task work or all of these different times where we could be listening and in fact in most meditation systems they're asking you to listen to something well this is where I want to bring in kind of the spiritual conversation because, you know, I did pick some tarot cards to come up with this idea. And I think the message here is to really talk about this idea that listening is not just the action of, of hearing. 
it's the attention to what we're being told. That's the truest art of listening. The principal idea of listening is to be attentive to what we're being told by all things, at all times, in all ways. It's to take what we typically consider one sense and to make it into a broader, bigger action of using other senses. Um, listening to our intuitive systems, listening to our all of these different things. And in that transaction, if you will, in that transaction of talking to other things with other methods than just voice or, or audible sound, we can start to see where maybe the spiritual senses come into, you know, action here. We, I've talked before about an intuition an instinct and insight. I've also talked about imagination. Those were episodes 37 through uh, 40. And most recently I've talked about things like, you know, love and faith and purpose and, and, and reincarnation and, this big, broad, mystical world of metaphysics and religions and all of these things that are really tough to understand, when it comes down to it, you really have to listen to yourself. That's this whole idea of judgment. The judgment card is telling us to, am I being called to do something different? Am I, is there some bigger plot line here that I'm missing? Is there something that maybe would make me more happy? Is there something that would make me more fulfilled? Um, you know, like I was talking in the purpose episode and then the tower moment of allowing things to fall apart, but then listening to how they land, you know, listening to what happens in that falling apart. I think one of the biggest things that's missed in the idea of the, of the tower card is yes, it's this big shakeup. It's this big change that's going to occur. But with that, there's the depiction typically in the tower card where the tower is breaking typically at the top. There's, you know, things crumbling around it. And there's these two individuals who are falling uh, head facing down. So they're falling head first towards the ground. So it's, it's inflection. It's in momentary ideas. And I'm always taken back to the uh, Buddhist canonical writing about the individual who's being chased in the woods by wolves and gets to the cliff edge and jumps over the cliff to get away from the wolves. There's these rushing rapids below them. They have no idea if they'll survive the fall or not. And as they turn back to the snarling faces of the wolves on the cliff face, they see this beautiful flower. And it's in those moments of craziness in those moments of chaos, if you will. Remember, I take the condensation out of chaos. Chaos is the infinite possibility of things. It's when all things are possible at all times. It's those moments that it's most important to listen. Because if we don't, if we just kind of close ourselves off, we often end up in wrong action or we end up in regrettable actions. We often haven't gotten all the information. We've allowed ourselves to be coerced into thinking things that maybe weren't true. And that's where a lot of regret comes from. Um, these cards could have gone the other way. I, I probably could have gotten regret out of these cards. But in this specific situation, I'm seeing these other two cards here, Page of Swords, to garner or to to, to pick up information, to be able to use it very easily or very quickly. 
but then to not do that correctly. That would breed regret, but at the same time, if we just pay a little bit more attention, remember listening, attention, we wouldn't have to go through that. And that's where the eight of cups comes in saying like, yeah, everything might be fine and great, but like, maybe you should make a job change. Maybe you should try a different company. Maybe you should do a different workout routine. It could be a small thing, but it's the change piece that we often fear the most. And if we're not listening to the situation, we might not even make the change that's required. And it could, again, be the smallest change that ends up making us more content or, you know, in some people's cases where they like to be more happy, but more secure or, or just more fulfilled, really. I mean, I think fulfillment comes along with attention and the action of being attentive to things is to listen. So if we're listening to our, if we're listening to ourselves, it's also possible, and this is where I'm going to step into the spirituality side, we could be listening to something else. And that's what I'm attempting to do when I pull these cards and allow them to kind of come up with the topic that I'm going to discuss. I know I can discuss anything. I'm, I'm pretty good with words, I would say. And I'm also good with just, I don't know, not BSing, but I'm almost kind of like the Page of Swords, but a little bit more well-versed. I can bring in information and use it very quickly. It's one of my greatest skills. My mind just can turn things together, make connections, and then I can just verbally vomit into a microphone about just about anything. And with this, with this idea of listening, I knew I had already used it in my practice as a massage therapist. So in that sense, I'm left with, well, if I already know I can listen in a massage practice situation, how do I listen spiritually or listen to other things that maybe we wouldn't be paying attention to? And one of the ones that's always come up for me, and I think I've mentioned before when I was talking about um, intuition is, and also instinct, you know, people who get the erector pili muscle reaction, um, the, you know, the, the, kind of chills down the arms or maybe sometimes down the spine. These are moments where maybe the vagus nervous system is telling us something. Maybe the, you know, some people might say the universe is telling us something. There's all sorts of situations where, you know, something could be occurring there. Um, these are moments where it would be important to be paying attention, to be listening, but not listening with our typical senses. We would have to go into these, you know, what I consider possibly the spiritual senses, instinct, intuition, insight, also imagination. And, you know, this gets into like people who pay attention to their dreams a little bit more than others, or people who pay attention to things like numerology or all of these other pieces that, I think another part here to be really kind of specific about is not just listening for the sake of being listening. Remember you get to choose what you listen to. If you don't want to hear what's going on, you'll block it out. 
with that is also the idea that you can be a little bit biased. So it's better not just to listen for the sake of listening, but to be attentive. That's really what listening is talking about, to be attentive of these things, to, you know, to figure out like what's really going on. That's far more important. That's what listening really is, is to be attentive to these ideas or possibilities. You know, listening to chaos was one of the greatest things I have learned how to do. And again, chaos is infinite possibility. You can listen to the creation stories all you want, but they lock you into a specific set of rules. And not to say these things are wrong, but they're corruptible and they're coercible because they eliminate possibilities. And once you start eliminating possibilities, eventually you only get to one resulted end. Uh, this is the self-fulfilling prophecy idea that, you know, a lot of traders use when they talk about technical analysis and, and you know, what the stock market kind of is based on, what the big banking system is based on. These are self-fulfilling prophecies. These are creative methods that only have one discernible outcome because they only listen to one set of rules. And I've talked about that, and I'm, I'm not going to go off on that tangent right now. What, what I want to keep coming back to here is this very specific idea of being attentive to the things that are happening inside of us and also outside of us. Because I think this is one of the things that can help us answer our why questions without going too far into a spiritual thing, going too far into a spiritual definition of gods and goddesses and, you know, to entities other, to aliens, to mysticisms, into mystical ideas, metaphysics, into organized religions, uh, you know, it's this idea of listening is a really good place. I think to start when it comes to just being attentive and by being attentive, we become open. Now we can narrow down the field as much as we want. That's completely within our right. You know, this is how people block out noises and people block out things, you know, the human system is designed to kind of protect itself in a great many ways. And we talk about things like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. The brain shuts down some functioning when it comes to these things because it wants to block out and not listen to what occurred there. Now, here's not my answer to that because PTSD is, is very complicated and everyone's situation is much different. and has a lot to do with depression. Like I said, everyone's depression is uniquely who they are. Here's what listening has to do with it, though. In my humble personal opinion, the attention to the reaction. What are we blocking out? Now we'll step into the spiritual side of that. Remember, every why question is a spiritual question. Why was it blocked out? Was it to protect the individual? Because why would we want to reverse that? Or what does reversing that really gain? These are where the why questions start to really matter. And I think this is, and remember, not a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, not a doctor, I'm not trying to tell you how to treat your PTSD. 
What I'd rather see though, and have done with myself, and I think others eventually come up with this same action, is to ask, why are we trying to make it reoccurring on both sides of the fence here? Why is my mind keep bringing it up? And then also, why does the counselor or psychiatrist, psychologist, why do they keep trying to make me relive it? Answering that why question is really tough because every why question has to have a spiritual side to it. We can answer this, though, from the mental side of things. And this is where I'm starting to draw a connection between the mind body and the other or the spiritual body. This attention factor. What are, what are we being attentive to? Because this is the separation of consciousness to subconsciousness, the separation from the parasympathetic and autonomous nervous system. Uh, I'm sorry, parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, the autonomous nervous system, and the active, the, the, you know, the controllable nervous system, the central nervous system ideas. Um, and I'm not doing that any justice right now because I don't, really, don't want to get off onto that tangent. But those practices have to do with a mind-body connection in the opposite direction. It's now the spiritual body connecting to the mind or the mind connecting to the spiritual. And this, I believe, is the realm of dreams. And this is the realm of situations that are like PTSD or even just anxiety or bad memory recall. When our mind attaches to these things and it, can, it continuously tries to you know, bring it back up, we're trying to rewrite in the memory buffer what's going on here. What happened? How did it happen? How did we let it happen? And then eventually we get to the whys. And this is typically where we get stuck. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would just kind of pass it on to, you know, oh, it was God's will. That's some bullshit. That is a dangerous function of dogmatic religion which is why I speak openly against organized religions. Because if you want to say that someone who suffered rape or someone who suffered, you know, sexual abuse, such as myself, that it was God's will that we go through that so that we could become a stronger or better person in the end, you can go fuck yourself. Um, I'll be, I'll be happy to fight you openly hand to hand combat. Because you don't know shit about anything. I'll say that flat out every time I will defend any person at any point in time if they ever have to go against someone like that. Because that person is stuck in what's known as willful ignorance and they have no right to speak on the subject. That's like saying that someone who lost their child, it was, it was God's, God's will. No. That's not how these things occur. That, that, that's, that's some dogmatic bullshit. And that person, to be honest, in that situation, those people can't, I, I, I can't even have conversations with them because they are so ignorant, willfully ignorant. They are so evil by that def definition. They'll never come around. They never will. So maybe I shouldn't say that I will openly fight them because there's no, there's no good that could come of that in any way. In those situations, to be attentive to, to listen to, why the mind keeps reoccurring it is the more important factor. Our minds deal with memories kind of like computers do. 
we write them and we rewrite them. We write them and we rewrite them. We write them and we rewrite them. We write them and then we rewrite them over and over again. And the more times we write them, the more they diminish. The best way actually to keep your, the, the best way to actually keep a memory is to never remember it. Um, never write over it. If you want to keep a very vivid memory, you want to recall it less, oddly enough, because the more you recall it, the more you start to lose detail of it. Um, you know, you can try as much as you want, but it's memory recall. So if we think about a photo, um, but we think about it as how our minds use it, picture looking at, let's just use something very simple a black wall with a white triangle, white square, and a white circle. That's pretty easy to remember and recall. But if you recall it over and over again, and you only focus on one of the shapes, slowly over time, the other shapes might degrade. And you might forget what size all the shapes were and just that there was a triangle, a square and a circle and they were white on a black wall. So you lose kind of those, like the dimensions and the shape or like what type of triangle was it? Was it an isosceles triangle? Was it, you know, was it a rectangle or not a square? How big was the circle? How small was the circle? Were they fully filled in? You know, or were they just silhouettes or were they outlines? You know, we start to lose some of the detail that goes into those memories. So it's like a fading photo. And this occurs uh, most often or not with faces. You know, we have a tough time remembering the faces of the people that were around us in our, in our, our early years, in our childhood. We remember the people, but the face details aren't perfect. And this is actually a survival feature because people's faces change. So we want to be able to recall, okay, this person has changed in some way. And it, it helps us distinguish, it helps us listen to change in functionality. So our, our memories are set up for this. So when we have something like PTSD or we have something like childhood traumas or all of the gambit that goes along with all those things. We have a function built into us, into our minds to recall it as many times as necessary to get it to go away, to get it to fade, to get it to, to be less important. And the anxiety that comes with that, the, the constant reflection that comes with that. That's the part we don't often teach people how to deal with. It's nearly impossible for those things to stop happening. It's just going to continue to continue to continue to continue. Breaking that cycle. Yes. A lot of psychiatry and a lot of psychology talks about that and they do a great job with it. They really do. If you're suffering from any one of these issues, I highly recommend reaching out to someone and finding help and seeing if it does help you. I mean, the, the the idea that no one can help, you're not listening to yourself. 
because you're probably crying out for it. Now, the moment at which you do actually go ask for help, that's always up to you. And no, at this point in time, it might not feel like you can go ask for help, but you need to listen. You need to be attentive to when that moment can occur. And I think there's a, there's a window in that regards that a lot of people end up missing. And it's really unfortunate that they feel like they get trapped in the idea that they can't, they can't go find help because it doesn't need to be right away. You know, this is the whole AA thing about, you know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. A lot of people admit they have a problem and then just keep drinking. The first step might be that, but the next step might come two, three years later. Unfortunately, it usually comes when there's a big episode. There's a giant tower moment. You know, when there's a big just crumbling of everything is typically when we need to go and pick up the pieces and move forward or move on or move sideways. We just need to move or have an action. And so it can become possible to listen to when these things may be occurring and to lessen the impact, to step away from the tower base, to let it crumble, let it fall, not trying to hold it all up and then get buried underneath the rubble. Same with that in the judgment situation. Sometimes it's, it's best to kind of just sit back and listen, to be attentive of like, all right, what am I being told? Not to act like the page of swords, not to be like, all right, well, I have this information. I'm just going to use it for my own personal regard and, and not pay attention to anything else. Cause I, oh, I already know all this and I can use it very easily. That's, that's not being worldly. That's not listening to yourself. That's not, you know, that's not the eight of cups where, yeah, all the cups are full. If you look at a depiction of the eight of cups, all the cups are full and the person is just walking away. In this particular card, oh, by the way, shout out to Mystical uh, Manga by uh, Ron, A-R-A-N-N, Ran, uh, and text by Barbara Moore. Um, you can pick it up on Amazon. Um, I might have a, I think I have a link in my archive on the website. If not, I'll put one up. Um, but that's the, that's the tarot set I use. And I've noticed that a lot of tarot card readers say what kind of set they're using. So I want to shout out to them. They did a great job. Um, but in this depiction and in a lot of the depictions of the Eight of Cups, there's these eight full cups on the ground and these, the individual is walking up a set of stairs, like a, like a mountain path kind of set of stairs away from all these full cups. Heed the call, man. Heed the call. My cup runneth over, but maybe it's not making you happy or maybe it's not making you content or maybe you're in a inflection moment where you're stuck in this PTSD loop or this anxiety loop or this self doubt loop. And there keeps this nagging reference to something outside of that loop. And I've talked about this before where it could be just as simple as doing the laundry and then folding it, putting it away, stripping the bed sheets and the pillowcases and washing them. Can't believe I'm about to say this because I hate the sun sometimes opening up the sun, opening up the shades, letting some sunshine in, uh, going for a walk, eating a healthy, one healthy meal out of, you know, the week, just one extra healthy meal, doing five pushups, getting a shower regularly, taking just that, you know, extra breath 
before you walk out of the door for the day or when you come home at night before you get into things these little tiny things that we could be listening to we often are not so i'm not here to say like listen for the tower moments yeah obviously they're going to happen giant changes are going to happen in our lives but we have to remember chaos we have to remember that creation was the ultimate lie the whole relationship to creation being the beginning point not true chaos is the beginning point of everything it's infinite possibility so once you have this infinite possibility yeah there's an equal amount of shitty possibilities but there's also an equal equal amount of great possibilities so what discerns between those listening being attentive to it and then yeah you can step into the spiritual realm of starting to answer these why questions a little bit so like why does this shit keep happening to me well, maybe you're supposed to learn a fucking lesson. Maybe that's the answer. And no, it's not God's will or anything like that. Your God could have something to do with it if that's how you want to address that situation. Not against that. Remember, not against you personally having your own belief structure, faith structure, and all that. That's that's you. You need to decide that for yourself. If things are reoccurring, it's in a cycle. It's cyclical. And cycles typically are there to teach us something or make us pay attention to something, to make us fucking listen. That's what they're there designed to do. So you need to start listening. And no, that's not easy. And no, it doesn't feel great all the time. But if we would take that even a step further and we would look at it into a societal moment, if we started listening to what's really going on, if we started listening to the reality of things and not listen to the news and not listen to, you know, not even listen to me like as a podcaster, just to, just to take in the information, but to be attentive of what we're listening to, attentive of what it's telling us. What is the universe saying? What is the societal, you know, social economical policy saying? What are, what are people saying and what are people doing? That's watching what people are doing is also a listening skill. Not just listening to the verbal bullshit that gets spilled constantly, but watching their actions. Actions speak louder than words. That's where we get all these proverbial sayings. To be attentive to what's happening here. If we would listen as a society to what's going on around us, I think a lot of us would wake up and be like, whoa, hold on. What are we doing? What is the point of this? How is this going to help anyone? Do I really agree with what they're doing? The answer most of the time is just going to be no. Because that's the game. One of the most powerful positions someone can be in is to control what people listen to, what your attention is focused on. This is all of marketing. Marketing is a designed structure to figure out where people's attention is and how to get it away from that into where they want it. You better believe that governments all throughout history have used psychological warfare to do just that to figure out how to get people to focus here because they don't want to focus over here that's every political party ever i'm not saying one is worse than the other they all do it everyone in politics does it from the roman empire to today politicians have lied to you all the time that's what they decided that's what their desire as a career was think about that listen to that action set listen to what they're saying they are doing one thing and saying another thing their career choice in life was to be a pathological liar to only be 
for themselves and no one else. That is what a career politician does. They must lie. They must be corrupted. They must listen to the money. That is how they make money. This is much different than a civil politician. A civil politician serves the society, serves the civilization in a role for a desired amount of time that they do not get to choose. You elect them and then they go away eventually. This is known as jury duty. This is known as civil service. This is known as, these are all political situations. They're part of politics, the judiciary branch, the executive branch. You know, they're a part of these role structures, but to make a career out of that, every society that has made politics, sorry, my mouth isn't working today. Every society that has made politics a career choice or a career path has failed miserably at the expense of the society at the expense of the constituents, quote unquote, at the expense of the people doing the work to make the society continue to run every single time, every single fucking time in civilization. Why aren't we listening to that? Why are we not paying attention? Ultimately, this podcast episode is all about where your attention is focused If it's not focused on you first, you're going to have problems because you're going to be coercible. You're going to be corruptible. That's why I say one of the first steps on the road of self-awareness is to say, I'm going to make my depression my own. You're going to make your depression your own. That that has to be the first step. You have to take control of your depression because from there you can learn about the self. You can learn about your physical form. You can learn about your mental form. You can learn about your spiritual form. You can start answering questions for yourself. Then you can have awareness. You can have attention to intentions. And then this opens up this huge broad world of being able to listen and not be corrupted, not be coerced, not be thrown to the lions not to get swindled, not to get, you know, I know it's been said a lot and there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there and stuff, but they really do want you dumb. They want you stupid. They want you broken. They want you unhealthy. That's what they want because it makes your attention focus on only certain things. And typically those focuses are only on negative things. And once you start focusing on negative things all the time, That's all you're going to pay attention to. And that's all that's going to exist. So if you go back all the way to the beginning of this podcast, the first few episodes, if you put in this factor of listening, that's what I was trying to make people do. It's really, that was the focus. Now I let cards decide this episode. Judgment card, the tower card, page of swords, eight of cups. From that, I got listening. And if I go back and I look at what the first episodes of this podcast were all about, it was getting people to listen, getting people to be attentive of what was going on around them in their own lives. What's your education? What's your belief structure? What's your language that you're using? What are the relationships you're surrounding yourself with? What emotions are you having reoccurring? Are you in control of them? What's the reality you're building from those things? What are the choices you're making? What are the change that you're getting from that? Are you paying attention to these things? What's your perspective? How is it controlled? What are the mystery schools? What are they, what are they all about? What are are systems? How do systems control us? How do systems work? How do we, how do we work inside of systems or with systems? 
What is our defined truth? What's the identity we cultivate? What is our depression? Are we depressed? Yes, everyone's depressed. Every single one of us. It's uniquely who you are. So this idea of listening is... It's another stepping off point, if you will. It's another place where you can start to actually get answers, start to define what's going on around you, but also then be responsible for yourself. Because that's what a responsible person does. They listen. In martial arts, I listened quite a bit, more so than I talked. In meditation, I listened. In my bodywork practice, I listen. As a bouncer, I listened. That was my job. And again, not just to not just to the the crowd, to the music, to the, you know, I listened for specific things. This palpable air of mm, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna go down. Oh, that person over there is getting a little aggravated. That person over there has had a little bit too much. But then listening to the situation of like, all right, that person's had a little bit too much, but it looks like their friends have just gotten them a water. Looks like they're chilling. And then not going over and instigating. Not going over and be like, hey, you're way too fucking drunk. You got to go. And then kicking out the whole crowd and then they all get mad and then they never come back again. And then they tell everybody that we are a shitty bar and then the business fails. I mean, that's, that's an extreme. But you know, not going over and being like, hey, man, were you doing coke in the bathroom, bro? Somebody, somebody, somebody said you were, you know, dealing or something like that. And then starting off an altercation. That's not, that's not the way to go about it. To listen to what's the vibe of the crowd. You know, do I need to take this individual aside and just have a conversation real quick? Specifically when people get like way too drunk, they're not able to listen to what they're doing themselves. They've impaired themselves. So it's often easier to listen to that situation, feel it out, and then go over to their group of friends if they're with them and be like, hey, you got you got this one? You got this pretty? Like, you know they're way too drunk, right? Yeah. Waters only. I'm going to flag them. They're not removed. Everybody thinks getting flagged is getting kicked out. No, no. You've, you've, we're just going to stop serving you. That's what flag means. Flags, being flagged at a bar, at least the bars I've worked at, Everybody freaks out like, oh, you can't flag me, man. Dude, I'm just saying you can't drink anymore. Like, you can go home if you really want. Like, if you want me to kick you out, I'll kick you out right now. I'm just flagging you. I've just told the bartenders. And the bartenders probably already knew because they're great listeners usually. Just You, you don't get to have any more drinks. You got to have waters. You got to chill out. Still stay, have fun. You're just way too drunk. Um, so, yeah, like, there's so many different ways listening comes in. And I think to come back to the correlation here of what it means at, 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 at the different levels. You can listen to your body, you know. Your body can tell you all sorts of stuff. It can tell you when you're in pain. It can tell you, you know, when you've done too much. It can tell you when you ate the wrong thing. Our bodies are trying to have conversations with us constantly. We're usually just ignoring them. You can listen to your mind. Are you reeling over something constantly? Are you in, a, in an anxiety state? Are you in a PTSD state? Are you in a... A, a clinical depression state? Are you in, you know, are you being a little bit too euphoric and way too giddy and happy about something? Maybe you should look more critically at it. There's all of these different things that listening can tell us. 
Then there's this big, broad world of spirituality. And if we're going to have that ability on the, on the other side, the body and the mind, then it also has to happen on the spiritual side. And I think that's where we can have that mental connection to spirituality. We can have the attention to what the why questions are telling us or where the answers for the why questions are coming from. Are they coming from a moral ethical standpoint of a certain degree? You know, is it something that happened to us as a child that makes us think this one thing or another? Is it, is our family influences? Is it, you know, our teachers that influenced us? What are, what are our influences based from? Are we paying attention to our religious beliefs in this sense? And are they dogmatic or not? Are we indoctrinated in some way? Have we looked at the other side of the coin? Have we looked at the other examples and you know, the situation? Have we had a devil's advocate moment? Have we looked at the other side just to take the time to look at it? These are the beginning stages of the attention and the listening. And then from there, it becomes an infinitely important skill. Again, in my bodywork practice, I listen day in and day out to bodies tell me things. Sometimes it tells me, hey, my user fucked up. <laughs> my, my owner totally made me do something I was not capable of doing. And did not pay attention to one way we're doing it. And now I am injured and they won't believe me. Even though I keep telling them I'm in pain. They keep making me do the same thing over and over again. And I'm over-exaggerating that a little bit. But that's what repetitive stress injuries are. And that typically occurs in the workplace all the time. You know, typing, looking at multiple monitors. All of these things are repetitive stress injuries. And no, sometimes the answer is we can't get rid of what's causing the repetitive stress. So we need to listen to the body though and be like, okay, well, there's clearly something going on. So we got to put a maintenance plan in somewhere. Albeit that these bodies of ours are some of the most complex, amazing machines ever created. They need maintenance. And sometimes the type of maintenance matters, but I won't get on that, that soapbox today. Um, again, I wanted to kind of keep this one a, a little bit short because it's an important one. And I think sometimes maybe I do drone on a little too long and people kind of, they kind of lose the interest or, you know, they see how long the episode lengths are and then maybe they don't engage with it as much. And the whole point here is I have these messages and clearly the cards are giving me topics to talk about. There is some sort of other outside force, but part of that is listening to what it's telling me. I could give these same cards to anybody, be them trained in tarot or not, an amateur like me, even a professional, and everyone's going to get a little bit of a different vibe, a little bit of a different story. That's why these cards are so fascinating that they are able to give such a, a vast array of possibilities. They are chaotic in that methodology. They are infinite possibility. And then you're able to kind of narrow it down and come up with a topic to discuss or some, you know, little piece of advice that might make you look at something differently. And I think that's true nature of divinity to divine is to listen, to be attentive to the messages around us and then use them appropriately. And it absolutely can be for your own 
gain for you know whatever's in your best interest that's fine if we had more of that standpoint i think more people would listen to their morals and ethics and not always be out for themselves i think you would find communities and societies that are a little bit more geared towards understanding each other more instead of drawing divisive lines because Ultimately, as much as an introvert as I am, I know I would struggle surviving on my own. You know, I've always had help somewhere. And in a modern society, that becomes more and more readily apparent. So why aren't we listening to that subject? That there, yes, should be universal laws, not even world laws, of what people need to survive. We need food, shelter, and water. Water is one of the most important. Yet, we don't make sure everyone has drinking water readily available at all times. We're very capable of having done that by now. We just decided not to. We decided not to make it one of the top tier things. Instead, we decided to spend umpteen fucking trillions of dollars on war from day one. I'm not just saying like today's modern society. I'm talking like from the very beginning, we have spent resource after resource, gold, silver, people's lives, which are unquantifiable on killing each other and taking each other's stuff. So either we need to come together and agree like that's just the society we are. Humans are just a warring race that we're all just going to kill each other in some way or another and then create a tribal patternization and break everything up again. It's one, that's one possibility. That's what this dystopian, you know, fantasy idea is. Or big or I'm on the fence. I don't know which one we should choose. We could Look at what's necessary for the survival of humanity. Technology is the, is the answer. Not computers, not AI. It's all bullshit. Not quantum computing. That's bullshit too. Functional methodologies of providing clean, drinkable water to everyone. Functional, affordable housing. Shelter. No, it does not have to be lavish. Those things can still exist. People can still have their mansions and their fucking Bentleys and think they're cool. Because not everybody that's not everyone's cool that owns those things. There are cool people who do own those things, but it doesn't make them cool. Remember, achievement is nothing. Celebration of effort is what we really should be doing. Please go back and listen to episode 41. Um, my second degree black belt does not make me cool in any way. I think it's kind of cool the effort that I put in to get there, the fucking more than 10 years it took me to get it. I think that was kind of cool. The, the amount of effort I put into it fundamentally made me a better human being. Um, and then food. Are we really incapable of providing food to the world right now? If so, if we are actually overpopulated, 
we need to not hide that fact. We need to discuss that fact and say, hey, here's what's going on. We fucked up and we all need to have a Domino's moment. Remember when Domino's was like, hey, we know we made shitty pizza. We know we're never going to make the best pizza, but we definitely knew we made shitty pizza. We're going to do better. And they did better. And no, it's not awesome, amazing pizza. But at least they had their Domino's moment. And they said, hmm, hey, you know what? You know, maybe the Tony Robbins moment where Tony Robbins was kind of like, hey, I'm kind of a fucking asshole. I'm a pretty shitty person. I've done some terrible things. I'm going to atone for that. And he kind of did. And you kind of have to respect him for that. I'm not saying you have to like him, but like, yeah, he kind of had his Domino's moment where he was like, no, you know, I did this. So maybe, you know, society needs to sit down and have that conversation. Maybe it's time. Maybe we've gone too far. But we can't do anything about it. We can't even have that conversation if we don't listen to what's going on around us. Maybe we should listen to the world. Maybe we should listen to terra firma. You know, maybe we should listen to the soil, which isn't soil anymore. It's just dirt. We should listen to the fact that our growing techniques have ruined the agricultural industry in almost every area in which it's touched. And when we now are, have to grow things in dirt, which doesn't work, you need to grow things in soil. Soil is a living, breathing thing. It, it has organisms and has functions and soil is rich and has, has nutrition and, and nutrient value in it that the plants can grow in. Dirt is just dirt. You have to add all those things in. That's what fertilizer is necessary for. And we should, we should listen to that fact. We should listen to the world in that sense. Maybe we should, you know, listen to David Attenborough when he talks about, hey, if you cut down the entire forest everywhere, bad shit's going to happen. Maybe we should listen to that and look at it and not just play this fucking global warming game of, oh, well, global warming idea failed. So what do we do? Uh, we'll call it climate change. Yeah, we got this big thing called climate change. It's going to kill everybody. No, it's not. Terra firma, Earth is going to kill everyone. It's going to go, hey, you fucked up my CO2 content, and now I have to deal with it. How does terra firma deal with, how does Earth deal with overabundance of CO2 in the atmosphere? Not global warming. It's called an ice age. That's how it does it. You know why? Here's why. Big why question, right? And yes, I'm on a soapbox now. I apologize. And I did say this was going to be a short episode, but I've gotten a little heated. Why comes down to the fact that if we look at where CO2 is stored in the environment, in the ice, CO2, CO2 is, is, is in the ice and in water. So yes, there is some there is some actual reality to the fact of yeah okay ice is melting and seawater is raising that's not global warming global warming already occurred and has been occurring ever since the last ice age that's what happens cyclical nature ice age things warm up they continue to warm up until they hit a crescendo then they start cooling off again we've crossed the hump we actually sped it up. The more CO2 you take out of the air at this point, the more Mother Earth is going to go, time for me to cool down again. Time for me to trap some of the CO2. Got to put it somewhere. Where do we put it? Oh, yeah, that's right. I put it in the ice and I put it in the water. 
it has functions to live without us. It doesn't need us to live. We're like parasites running around on its fucking skin. And it will just brush us off if it needs to. So these are the things like, you know, like, why are we listening to assholes on jet planes flying around constantly producing more CO2 than you will in your entire lifetime in their one year trip to all the summits that they go to to spout their bullshit? Why are we listening to them? Why are we giving them a platform? Why are we giving them our attention? We need to be paying attention and listening to their actions. How often is Greta Thunberg rolling around in a motorcade? Six cars because she now needs protection. Jet flight to fucking, you know, wherever she wants to jet off to to talk about. Some teenage kid who knows jack shit about anything. Because, you know, she just got a platform and ran with it. And more power to her, man. She's probably made millions off this shit. But why are we listening to her? She doesn't represent, she represents 1% of the population, if maybe 0.1% of the population. Look at their backgrounds, look at where they came from, look at their income levels, look at the actions that they do. If you want to stop global warming, in their book, in their playbook, ground every jet. Right now, ground every jet flight, every single flight not allowed to occur anymore. But what happens? You destroy the economies. Overnight, no more shipping, gone, no more imports, gone. You destroy their ways of life. You destroy their Bentleys, you destroy their mansions because they can't get their fucking caviar anymore. That's the shit you got to pay attention to. Not paying attention to the fucking race, which race is a bullshit conversation. It's melanin in your skin that controls your skin color. It's genetics. It's not a race. They're not different. They just have different genetical coding. It doesn't make them their whole own unique race. If that was the case, we'd all be our own races because we all have our own unique genetical coding. Oh, think about that one. Pay the attention there. So no, we should not be paying attention to that bullshit because that's bullshit. There's so many other things we should be listening to and paying attention to. And these are on the grand scale Go to the minute scale, as above, so below. Listen to your genetical coding. The next fad diet is probably not what's right for you. In fact, you might actually want to look at something like genetical dieting. Where's your gene pool come from? If you come from the Intuit gene pool, you probably should be eating a very high-fat diet because that's what the Intuits have done for years. And no, not a medical practitioner. It's not medical advice. This is just advice. Listen more, please. Listen to your bodies. Listen to your minds. Listen to the other stuff that's out there. But then be discerning and use that information in the correct methodology. Sometimes you got to let the whole tower fall down before you can pick up the pieces and figure out what to do next. And that's totally okay. It's totally okay to sit on the sidelines if you don't know what's going on. Don't just jump into the fight because somebody had a great speech about doing it. That's how you end up with people fighting for causes they don't even believe in. And yeah, I could keep going on and on about this. But again, I said I was going to try to keep this to a fairly short window here. 
I can't stress enough, though, how ridiculously important it is at this point in time, this very point in time in history, for people to finally start listening. Two, we're going back to the definitions as I usually do. To hear something with thoughtful attention, to give it consideration, not just believe it because you heard it. To be alert, to catch an expected sound, to be alert, to be attentive, to be paying attention to sound. But then also understand that listening isn't just verbal communication. You can listen with your eyes, you can listen with your ears, you can listen with your nose, you can, you can listen with every sense. You can be attentive, you can be discerning. You can hearken, you can give respectful attention. You can bring things into mind. You can heed the call of something. You can give it consideration. You can pay attention. In fact, that's the intransitive verb of heed, is to pay attention. And it's our responsibility to do so. That's what I'm here to actually finally wrap up with the saying. Ultimately, in these cards, Judgment, the Tower, the Page of Swords, the Eight of Cups, you're responsible for doing this. And if anyone, if anyone everywhere taught you differently, I'm here to tell you that was not the right thing to have taught you. You are responsible to listen. No one else is going to do it for you. Someone like me like come along and, you know, tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, you paying attention? You got to pay attention. All right. Just pay attention. Just pay attention. You don't have to interact. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, write giant blog posts. You don't have to get involved. You don't have to like, you know, go to rides, you know, none of that. You just have to pay attention. You can't sleep through this. You got to pay attention. If you want to sleep through this, then you got to bow out, get off the mats. You're, you're not, you're not in this fight and everything is a fight. I've told you many times before, everything that happens as human beings in every experience that we have is known as war. It's warfare. You are at war all the time. Constantly, you are in a war with Apple for where your attention is and how to get it on that phone and how to buy more shit on that phone. You're at a war with Nike to just do it, but do it in Nikes. You're at a war with McDonald's to eat fast food, but eat McDonald's. You're at a war with Amazon to just ship that shit to your house. But like, buy it through Amazon. Amazon Prime. Don't buy it through, you know. Most shit on Amazon, most brands on Amazon have their own websites you can go to and typically get actually better deals or get non-counterfeit products that, you know, you wouldn't have a problem with. All those like low reviews were like, oh, I received something that I didn't, you know. You could just go to that brand's website and buy it from them. No one knows that because Amazon's awesome at marketing. They created amazing service. I'm not like I use it. I'm not, I'm not going to be hypocritical here and tell you not to use Amazon. I'm just saying, listen to what Amazon's trying to do. Their actions as players in the market are fierce. They are fierce competitors. They will just buy out the competition by figuring out how the competition produces something, go to the maker of the product buy them, figure out how to do it better, fire all of them, and then just make their own version or find a subsidiary to do it for them cheaper. 
these are the things we need to listen to. If we're really going to have true conversations, we got to listen to that. And then we have to listen to the opposite sides of the argument and understand, no, we're not all going to agree. And it's totally okay to agree to disagree. It's also, here comes the end of the episode. It's okay to listen to everything, every side of every story, every piece, every idea, listen to everything we can possibly get our hands on to listen to and then decide. The answer is there's no answer. And to listen, to be attentive to what that means. To be attentive to the idea that the answer is there's no answer. And what that means for you and society as a whole. What does it mean for you to be at the attentive position that there's no answer? That judgment has come. The tower moment has occurred. You're well aware Page of Swords has the knowledge. And that there's this eight of cups. That the answer's no answer. Now what do we do? And why? That's what listening means. To be attentive. And to in that moment. Have no effect. There's no answer. There's no answer. We don't just stop. The answer is there's no answer. We can keep looking for one. We can come up with a different possibility. We can put a temporary insert. When the answer is no answer, that means we're in chaos. We're an infinite possibility. It's not... It's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's just an infinite possibility. Anything's possible right now. The answer is there's no answer. So if I had to challenge everyone at this point, the very, I promise this is the actual end of the episode. My challenge to you is to listen for those moments. Listen for the moments that the answer is there's no answer. Because in those moments, you're going to learn so much about yourself and the world around you. It's crazy. It's just crazy. You're going to listen to chaos. You're going to realize what infinite possibility really looks like. And I think a lot of people would define that as very freeing. Very scary, but very freeing. So please go listen and do, and um, I'll consult the cards next time come up with a new uh new topic we'll discuss it or by discuss it i mean i'll just ramble on about it for way longer than i always say i'm going to ramble on about it and then get to this point but head over to taminghindrances.com uh check out the archive go over to purebulk.com and use taming hindrances for 10 percent off and support the channel that way i get a small commission in all sales uh, what else leave me a review i've been asking people for this shit Find a review place on Spotify, on Apple, on whatever iTunes they call it or whatever. Uh, I think I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm like on all sorts of platforms. And just leave me a review or go to the website and send me a review. Even if it's just like, hey, 
your beard stupid because that's an option on the website is to rate my podcast by how much you like my beard or not. And other than that, I think I will leave you to uh, to go do. But also, before I do let you go, I want to say thank you for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening. Come check us out at taminghindrances.com for show notes, links, resources, and more. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, or your preferred platform. If you leave us a spiffy review, we might just mention it on the show. Now go be awesome. And just remember to breathe.